This is Ozarks at Large for Thursday, December 2nd, 2021, and this is your public radio station KUAF. I'm Kyle Kellums. Thanks for being with us. Ahead this hour, matching international students at the University of Arkansas with families for the holidays. And the singing men of Arkansas are ready for their first public performance since COVID-19 first made headlines. And later, Timothy Dennis gets us up to date with other live music around the region scheduled for the next seven days. Yesterday's COVID-19 numbers in Arkansas are again up. The Arkansas Department of Health reports 930 newly diagnosed cases, 20 additional deaths, a net increase of 14 hospital patients with the virus, and an increase in active cases of nearly 200. Pfizer vaccine will be available at a pair of large-scale clinics at the J.B. Hunt headquarters in Lowell tomorrow and Saturday. Shots for people age 5 and older will be ready, and that includes first, second, or booster shots. Friday's clinic is from 8 until 4. Saturday's hours will be noon to 4. Registration is encouraged, but not required. You can register at nwacouncil.org slash nwavaccines. Arkansas is reporting its first flu-related death of the season. The latest report from the state health department shows 348 people have tested positive for the flu since September 27th. The department says most of the cases are being reported among children and young adults between 5 and 24 years of age, but officials are reporting low flu activity in the state. 24 Arkansans reportedly died of the flu during the last flu season. In some years, the flu has killed more than 200 people across the state. Bill Gatewood is retiring as the director of the Old State House Museum at the end of this year. He's been the director since 1999 and been with the museum for 29 years. Gatewood moved to Fayetteville from North Carolina when his father, Willard Gatewood, accepted a job at the U of A and then eventually became chancellor. Bill Gatewood graduated from the University of Arkansas in 1981. During his term as deputy director of the museum, he oversaw a three-year restoration of the museum. The University of Arkansas Scola Cantorum will perform A Child's Christmas in Wales tonight at 7.30 in the Faulkner Performing Arts Center on the U of A campus. Tickets are free and can be reserved at uark.universitytickets.com. Also tonight, a trip through Dickens on screen. The Fayetteville Public Library will host University of Arkansas professor and film historian Frank Scheid as he explains the cinematic history of A Christmas Carol. The adaptations began at least as early as 1901 and have included versions with George C. Scott, Bill Murray, and Kermit the Frog. The event is scheduled to begin at 6 tonight in the Willard and Pat Walker Community Room in the Fayetteville Public Library. Registration required at the library's website, faylib.org. The event is free. This is Ozarks at Large. For many international students, Thanksgiving can be an unfamiliar and often lonely time. A program at the University of Arkansas gives international students the chance to share the holiday with families throughout Northwest Arkansas. Ozarks at Large's Daniel Carruth has this report. On the Monday night before Thanksgiving, nearly 120 students and scholars wearing name badges fill the Arkansas Union on the University of Arkansas campus. The students from countries all over the world sit through a presentation about social etiquette 
and what to expect at a typical Thanksgiving meal. Hey, everybody. In just a few moments, they'll be matched with local host families. They'll meet, discuss menu and diet restrictions, dress codes, transportation, and COVID-19 precautions ahead of Thanksgiving. Arij Benaisa, a freshman from Tunisia, says she's excited to share in the American tradition, but she wasn't exactly sure what to expect. I knew that they have big turkey <laughs> on the, and a family gathering, uh, maybe some games. And uh, I, I just feel that this is a very good experience for an international student to live and be part of it. Thanksgiving in an American Home is an annual event sponsored by the iFriend program at the U of A. iFriend helps coordinate opportunities for international students to meet people in Northwest Arkansas. Suelen Isla Rojas is a graduate assistant in the Office of International Students and Scholars, and she says programs like this can help enrich students' time in the U.S. So the importance of it is that the U of A have students from more than 100 countries in the world, and a lot of the students, if, especially if this is their first semester here, they don't know an American family. So the idea is that through this program, they are paired with an American family, and they get to experience a real holiday here in America in the real way. They're not just seeing it on TV, they're actually experiencing it. So we try to recruit hosts and put them together with the students. Uh, for example, today, Monday, they're getting to, together, getting to know each other and plan how they're going to do their holiday, whether it's Thursday or another day. So they get to kind of talk and coordinate on how they're going to do that. And Rojas says she participated in the program when she was an undergraduate at the university. She says it can often be difficult for many of the students and scholars to connect with Americans off of campus, which can be isolating, especially during the holidays. A lot of the students that are here, they're new. Also, there's other students that is their, their second year or third year, and they just really enjoy getting to meet some families in the area. One of the hosts, Carolyn Rodifer, a Fayetteville resident and a business professor at the U of A, says she often invites international students to share in the holiday with her family. Actually, years ago, um, we had uh, two international students join us, and we had an enormous extended family meal, and we had two young men from China, and it was, it was really a lot of fun. And my father, who's 92 now, still talks about that, that Thanksgiving meal and, and, and how much he enjoyed that. Well, it just it really enriches the experience of a, ha of a Thanksgiving meal when you can share it with... Um, people from another culture and kind of explain your traditions. And Benaisa says participating in those distinctly American rituals can help international students understand their host country and its people even better. It's a tradition, and traditions have their own story and would probably introduce us more to the culture of America. Um, also, it's, it's a great opportunity to meet people, to meet um, families, and make connections. Tupton Rinzin agrees. The Tibetan refugee here from India says he's most looking forward to having an authentic American experience and developing new connections to people outside of a university setting. Yeah, for me, like I'm here uh, under an exchange program for two years. So, like, uh, Thanksgiving is a uh, like, good opportunity for me to 
experience the like uh, how the American family celebrates Thanksgiving and you know like the culture and everything, and uh, get to share you know ideas and experience with each other. So uh, to uh, celebrate you know Thanksgiving, though this is not our culture, but uh, you know like we feel kind of. Uh, like it's kind of like uh, the university is a home away from home, so we feel kind of we are we we are in a like community, so we don't feel like a kind of like lonely or anything, and we are very thankful to our host for like agreeing to host us, you know, like yeah. So while the experience may be new for students and scholars, Rodifer says one thing during Thanksgiving always remains the same. You cannot change the menu for Thanksgiving. You cannot change the menu. So it's at least not in my family. So we're having Thanksgiving uh, turkey. We're having stuffing. We're having sweet potatoes. We're having mashed potatoes and gravy. We're having rolls. We're having um, green beans. We're having four different kinds of pie. For Ozarks at Large, I'm Daniel Carruth. Ho, 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 it's December. This is Ozarks at Large. I've migrated to the Harold and Blanchcock News Studio where Timothy Dennis works. Timothy, how are you? I'm doing all right, Kyle. I didn't realize you uh, moonlighted as a Santa. Well, we would have to do a sort of modern take on Santa's <laughs> physique, I think. I'm a pretty I, small guy. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. You know, someone who takes a modern take on old-ish music yeah. is Charlie Crockett. And Charlie Crockett's going to be close? Yeah, he's going to be in Fort Smith tonight. Hotel time again Think I take myself to bed I don't even know what town I'm in Is I make my way once more To that old number He is playing at Majestic. Tickets are $30. That show gets underway at 8 o'clock tonight again. That is Charlie Crockett at the Majestic in Fort Smith. Charlie Crockett's one of my absolute favorites. He's one of my absolute favorites. He's probably one of a short list of people who are my all-time favorites we've had on this show. If you listen to his song, his version of Hard Times, mm-hmm. he turns the word gambling into like a five-syllable word, and I love it. Gambling. Yeah, and he I is, can't even do it. He's the only person I've heard who can really take a Tom T. Hall song and turn it into something completely different. Yeah, we love Charlie Crockett. Moving on to Friday night. Earl and them, they're going to be playing a happy hour set at George's Majestic Lounge. Very good. Everything is good, and all of my friends are near in a good mood cause the good times are here we're gonna get this house jumping tickets for that are eight dollars that gets underway at six o'clock tomorrow night again that's at george's in downtown fayetteville the late show at george's tomorrow night and actually saturday night as well is going to feature the floozies the floozies they're kind of a lawrence kansas based edm funk band they have a two-night run Tickets for individual nights are $25 in advance. They go up to $30 day of. That'll get underway at 9.30 tomorrow and Saturday night at George's in Fayetteville. 
Also happening tomorrow, kind of evening, up in Springdale, there's going to be caroling on the creek at Shiloh Square in Springdale. Got to tell you, last night, no, two nights ago, uh, I drove along Emma, and they've got the trees all lit up and everything. Emma Avenue looks Fantastic. Well done, Springdale. Well, the caroling is going to really kind of top it off, I feel like. It's going to feature caroling from Springdale Elementary, Middle, Junior High, and High School students starting at about 5.15. And then, sorry, it's all about downtown Springdale love right now. (laughs) Take a look at the famous hardware windows that have been done. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. With the lights up and the caroling, perfect. So that gets underway tomorrow at about 5.15 at Shallow Square in downtown Springdale. Over at Chelsea's in Eureka Springs tomorrow evening, the Traveling Squirrels will be on stage. I love the Traveling Squirrels. That show gets underway at 9 o'clock again. That is at Chelsea's tomorrow evening in Eureka Springs. Also tomorrow evening in Eureka Springs, the Gravel Bar is going to have the band Blue Moon on stage. They're a trio that plays originals as well as, you know, classic rock and blues standards. All right. Uh, That show at the Gravel Bar gets underway at 7 o'clock tomorrow night. Again, that's in Eureka Springs. Okay, jumping ahead to Saturday, DJ Raquel will be having a set at Treehouse in Bentonville, the Uh, new Black Apple tap room. Right. She's an EDM heavy DJ. That gets underway at 8 o'clock Saturday evening again. That's at Treehouse in Bentonville. Got a hold brewing in Eureka Springs Saturday is going to have a guy by the name of Tim Hillwood on stage. He's a local-ish guy who plays a lot of instrumental guitar. set gets underway at 5 o'clock Saturday evening again. That is at Got a Hold Brewing in Eureka Springs. Tim Hillwood. Tim Hillwood. Uh, also happening in Eureka Springs Saturday, the Gravel Bar is going to have Chucky Wags on stage. I don't take my chances playing crafts. I do it with the fuzz and an old backpack filled to the top with dollar bills. Cocaine I like Chucky. Uh, I say that every time. We said all that can be said about Chucky over the years. Yes. Needless to say, we love him. His set gets underway at 7 o'clock Saturday evening again. That's at the Gravel Bar in Eureka Springs. Down in Fort Smith, Good Luck Slim is going to be performing a set at the Boys and Girls Club Jeffrey Center. This is part of the continuing partnership between Crystal Bridges and Music Moves. Excellent. Uh, Good Luck Slim, they're a blues band that's been playing all around Arkansas for about a decade. That set will get underway at about 1 o'clock Saturday again. That is at the Boys and Girls Club Jeffrey Center in Fort Smith. Majestic in Fort Smith Saturday night. They're going to have Velcro Pygmies on stage. Yes. They're a big hair rock and roll band, if you aren't aware. Oh, you mean like uh, arena rock, like Journey yeah, sort of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. White Snake. Right.
tickets are $15 in advance. They go up to $20 day of. That gets underway at 8 o'clock Saturday night at Majestic in Fort Smith. Still in Fort Smith Saturday night, Temple Live is going to have Luke Shoemaker on stage. You can't do everything in Fort Smith this weekend. No, you can't. Luke Shoemaker, he is a central Arkansas-based hard rocker. This is going to be an album release show for his latest effort. Tickets for that show are $10. That'll get underway at 7 o'clock Saturday. Again, that's at Temple Live in Fort Smith. Okay, let's jump ahead a few days to Wednesday. Uh, George's Majestic Lounge in Fayetteville is going to have a show featuring DJ Raquel and also Lost Breed. Lost Breed, they're a doom metal band from Southern California. Tickets for that show are $10. That'll get underway at 8.30 next Wednesday at George's Majestic Lounge in Fayetteville. Also happening in Fayetteville next Wednesday, Asleep at the Wheel will be on stage at Walmart's. Tell them about it. There's that gal with a red dress on. Some folks call her Dinah. Stole my heart away from me way down in Louisiana. Take me back to Tulsa. I'm too young to marry. Take me back to Tulsa. I'm too young to marry. Well, she went down to the railroad tracks and I went there to meet her. She pulled up her petticoats and I pulled out the Tulsa. Take me back to Tulsa. Yeah, I've seen them a couple times and they're really, really great. Ray Benson is just fantastic. His voice, I mean, it's hard to find a good baritone like Ray Benson anywhere else. Yeah. They're actually celebrating 50 years of Asleep at the Wheel. Can you believe that, Kyle? I, I mean, on one hand... Yes, because when I was a country DJ in the mid and late 80s, they were already had been around. Right. But on the other hand, no, I've got the new album and they sound fresh as can be. Yeah. Tickets for that show start at $21. That gets underway at 7 o'clock next Wednesday evening at Walton Arts Center in Fayetteville. And that takes care of us for the next week. Timothy Dennis, thank you as always. Thank you, Kyle. That's four of the Singing Men of Arkansas rehearsing Tuesday night at First United Methodist Church in downtown Springdale. They were using just a few minutes before the actual rehearsal to prepare for an upcoming television performance to promote the concert. The rehearsal Tuesday night was the final one before a Singing Men of Arkansas Christmas concert Sunday afternoon. Tuesday night's rehearsal represented something else, too. The last gathering of the singers before the ensemble's first concert in two years. I'm uh, one of the original members of the uh, uh, choral group, and uh, we started out in uh, the Jones Center with Mike Bedford directing about now... 2007. 2007, yeah, so 13, 14 years now. Dr. Danny Prophet is one of more than three dozen singers who will perform Sunday afternoon at First United Methodist Church. Tuesday night, he and Mike Bedford, another longtime member of the Singing Men of Arkansas, took just a couple of minutes 
to talk about the ensemble. Mike Bedford says there's nothing like the music that can be made with an ensemble like the Singing Men of Arkansas. It's a wonderful heritage that we have from Ireland and from uh, uh, Wales and we have had so much fun doing it and presenting great shows, especially the Christmas show. Uh, it's been a wonderful experience through the years, and uh, we are happy that we're able to come to this beautiful facility this year. Uh, we're usually in a high school auditorium, but uh, this is acoustically one of the better places to sing in northwest Arkansas, so we're happy to be here. During the last 13 years or so, the Singing Men of Arkansas have performed across the state they're named for in Europe in prisons, released CDs, and created lasting friendships, as well as delivered local concerts until the pandemic. Dr. Danny Prophet says getting together during the past 20 months has been challenging. Now, we've had to take a couple of hitches at it to uh, keep our people together, and we were very concerned that you know we might fall apart. But surprisingly, we all came back like in August, I believe, and uh, we had to take another small hiatus, but now we're back, and this is our first program in two years, and we're really looking forward to it and hope the community uh, gets a real blessing out of this. With fingers crossed, the singing men of Arkansas are hoping 2022 can be a return to normalcy and to welcoming new singers. And we do accept uh, new members, and so we will be auditioning uh, in January for men who are interested in being a part of a great choir with a great heritage. And we'd really like to have younger members. We, we're a more mature group. And we've had a few younger members, and uh, we, we would really love to have younger men come. We want to get together like this and show men that they can sing and to show boys and young men that they can sing, too, and that there's no stigma to it. So uh, that, that's a part of our mission, too, is to get more men singing. Sunday's return of the Singing Men of Arkansas, the annual, well, annual except for 2020, Christmas concert is at First United Methodist Church in downtown Springdale and begins at 3 Sunday afternoon. Doors will open at 2. No tickets, no charge, just show up. It's a pretty simple formula for what's become a very complicated time. Uh, it's our gift to the community, and we want to keep it simple. We want people to come, uh, knowing they have to make their own choices whether they want to come now. But we think that uh, people are hungry to see this kind of music at this time of the year and, and get blessed by it. Dr. Danny Prophet and Mike Bedford speaking at Tuesday night's final rehearsal for the Singing Men of Arkansas before Sunday afternoon's concert. You can learn more about the concert and the ensemble at singingmanofarkansas.org. And to get the kettle drums in there, this is Ozarks at Large.
This is Ozarks at Large. Just ahead on this Thursday show, it is Thursday, so Leo Rebe will bring us Sound Perimeter. Speaking of music, two performances Saturday from the Kansas City-based Opus 76 Quartet will take place at the Joplin Public Library. The shows include a 45-minute set aimed at very young patrons. The Bacabai Baby, which is beginning at 10 Saturday morning, will include classical work selected especially for children. Then at 2 Saturday afternoon, a one-hour performance of classical and contemporary quartet works. Both events featuring the Opus 76 Quartet are free and will be held in the community room at the Joplin Public Library. Masks are required for all patrons that are two or older, Pro Musica and Post Art Library are co-presenters of the performances, each of the concerts limited to 100 seats. The in-progress Best Friends Pet Resource Center in Bentonville will take note of a milestone tomorrow morning with a beam-raising event. The center, dedicated to finding permanent families to take care of homeless animals, will host a beam-raising event tomorrow at 10 at the construction site at 1312 Melissa Drive in Bentonville. Autism in Motion in Bentonville will host a socially distant, sensory-friendly visit with Santa Claus Saturday, December 11th. That's at the Autism in Motion, or AIM, Clinics Therapy Center on Southeast Otis Corley Drive in Bentonville. That's from 1 to 3 on the 11th. The event is free and open to the public. Children will have the option of a picture with Santa in a sensory-friendly environment. ProPAC Corporation of Fort Smith is... For the sixth consecutive year, partnering with Arkansas Children's Network for a toy drive called Festival of Stars, ProPAC is encouraging families, civic groups, schools, churches, you get the idea, to host a toy drive to help fill an 18-wheeler by December 10th. Donations will be accepted through December 9th, and the truck will then be driven to Arkansas Children's Northwest in Springdale for the toy delivery. If you'd like to see a complete wish list, you can go to archildrens.org. Slash festival, And for more information about a toy drive that you could host, you can call 651-5405. That's 479-651-5405. The Black Action Collective is partnering with many community groups to host the warm-up Fayetteville Coat Drive. It started yesterday. It will last through the end of this month. New and good condition coats, hats, gloves, scarves, and blankets will be collected and distributed to Fayetteville Public School students Seven Hills Homeless Center, and New Beginnings Northwest Arkansas. To find out more about drop-off locations, you can go online to bacnwa.org. The 10th-ranked Arkansas Razorback men's basketball team, now 7-0 after last night's 97-60 win over Central Arkansas in Bud Walton Arena. Up next for the men, another in-state contest, this one against Arkansas Little Rock in Fayetteville, Saturday afternoon. The Arkansas Razorback women's basketball team in Florida tonight facing Central Florida. Next home game for the women's team a week from tonight against Jackson State. Both University of Arkansas Ford Smith basketball teams are home tonight. The women hosting Texas Women's University, followed by the men playing Dallas Baptist. And both John Brown University Hoops teams are on the road tonight at Southwestern Assembly of God. And tickets for next spring's Garth Brooks concert will go on sale tomorrow morning. The country superstar scheduled to play inside Reynolds Razorback Stadium in Fayetteville on Saturday night, April 23rd. Tickets are available beginning tomorrow morning through Ticketmaster outlets for $94.95 each. This is Ozarks at Large. (laughs) 
This is Leah Uribe, Associate Professor at the University of Arkansas Music Department, expanding our musical boundaries with Sound Perimeter. We open Sound Perimeter today with the beginning of Estudio Tongolele for saxophone and maracas by Mexican composer Gabriela Ortiz. This piece composed in 2012 is titled after a very famous Mexican-American dancer, actress, and vedette, Yolanda Yvonne Montes Farrington, known by her stage name, La Tongolele. Growing up in Colombia through the 70s and 80s, I remember my parents referring often to Tongolele whenever somebody would showcase their dancing abilities in a family gathering. Perhaps they were secretly hoping that one of us could be a successor of such famous international figure. Tongolele's dancing was revolutionary for the time. In this piece, composer Gabriela Ortiz captures the complex rhythms and the sensual movement of Cuban and Tahitian music. Let us listen to the rest of Estudio Tongolele, Tongolele Etude, for saxophone and maracas by Mexican composer Gabriela Ortiz. This version by Adele Van Min performed live at the Andorra Sax Fest in March of 2021. That was Estudio Tongolele, Tongolele Etude for Saxophone and Maracas by Mexican composer Gabriela Ortiz, performed by Adele Fenmin. 
Argentinian composer Alberto Ginastera wrote his ballet Estancia in 1943. This multi-movement piece tells the story of a city boy in love with a rancher's daughter. The girl is not so interested until she sees him outdance the gauchos, also known as the Argentinian cowboys, to the complex malambo rhythms in a dance competition to win her heart. Enjoy the energy and exuberance of Malambo from Ballet Estancia by Argentinian composer Alberto Ginastera, interpreted by the Simón Bolívar Youth Orchestra of Venezuela under the baton of Gustavo Dudamel, recorded live at the 2008 Salzburg Festival. Just listen to the Simón Bolívar Youth Orchestra of Venezuela under the baton of Gustavo Dudamel performing Alberto Ginastera's Malambo from Ballet Estancia. We close today's our Inspired by Dance and Dancers sound perimeter with an excerpt from Rumba Chonta performed by the Colombian ensemble Grupo Bahia. This work highlights the African dance rhythms from the Colombian Pacific Coast and its instruments, marimba chonta and drums. I hope I got you out of your seat today with our music inspired by powerful dancers, dances and dance rhythms. 
Life is better when you dance. This is Leah Uribe, Associate Professor at the University of Arkansas Music Department, expanding our musical boundaries with Sound Perimeter. This is Ozarks at Large with me on Zoom is Courtney Lining, our film critic. Courtney, happy post-Thanksgiving. Happy post-Thanksgiving to you, Kyle. We're going to talk about a sci-fi movie that I'm kind of excited about. I think it's going to be on Amazon very soon. It's called Encounter. Yes. So uh, in some theaters first on Friday and on Amazon Prime December 10th. Do I have that right? It looks like it's sci-fi to me. It is, I'd call it like a psychological thriller with some science fiction elements. Well, it's got a superb cast. Uh, Octavia Spencer and Riz Ahmed, uh, Oscar-nominated, Emmy-nominated folks. Right. These are some pretty top-notch talent, and I can tell you that they bring their A-game to this movie, which is what gets it across the finish line. Ooh, so... A game from the actors, not necessarily an A plus for the movie. You know, we can we can talk about the overall movie now and talk about the story, or we could talk about the story and the overall movie. I'll, I'll let the dealer's choice. Let's go story first. So Riz Ahmed plays a former Marine who shows up to pick up his two young boys in the middle of the night and then drive them away from the house. And he tells the boys that He's taking them to a lab in Nevada because aliens have invaded Earth and are spreading because they're parasites mm. through bug bites. Ooh. So he's taking them to a lab. He says their mother's infected. And that's why, you know, he couldn't tell her. And, and don't worry, he's been fighting the bug monsters the whole time. And the movie is, is him just taking the boys and trying to get to this secret base in Nevada. So I don't want you to give anything away here, but... Just the way you described that, do we see the aliens? Do we know there are aliens? So the, the movie leaves it up to the viewer to make their own judgment. It shows, you know, some asteroids coming down to, to Earth, and there's lots of pictures of bugs and parasites. Um, I actually had to look away from the screen for the first couple minutes because there was just so many tiny bugs, and, you know, I got a little freaked out, but... You know, the movie does a good job of, of giving you two paths to decide. You know, you ultimately have to decide if you believe whether it's all in 
this Marine's head and he's in a fantasy world, or if you think the aliens are really taking over. And the movie doesn't give you a definite answer until, you know, it turns through this slow psychological burn. All right. Well, I like the cast. I love the concept. But now let's talk about the overall movie because you said it's that great cast that pushes the movie across the finish line. Sounds like you're lukewarm on the film itself. Yeah, if if you had cast other folks who didn't bring their A-game to this movie, and again, Riz Ahmed and Octavia Spencer really do commit. Uh, if you'd cast other people who just didn't really care much, they were just looking for the paycheck, this movie would have been a dull dud. Mm. Um, but because these two really commit to the story and the script, it makes it a, you know, it's, it's an okay film. Uh, so, like you said, in some theaters and then on Amazon Prime in mid-December. December 10th, yes. December 10th. All right. Anything else coming out this week? So another familiar title this week, and this is another streaming one, uh, coming to Disney Plus, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, which huge title with a bunch of kids right now. I know my youngest brother uh, growing up, he was just huge, huge, huge fan of these books. And uh, now they've got an animated movie coming to Disney Plus on Friday. And now this is not the first film adaptation of this book franchise. No, they've done some live action ones. I believe this is the first animated one. What are you going to talk to us about next week? Um, so I'm actually excited about this. Okay. Next week, I'll have a review for you on the new Leonardo DiCaprio film, Don't Look Up, Ooh. which this is going to be Netflix's biggest movie of the year. And, you know, it's going to bring all these stars into the movie. You got Leonardo DiCaprio and Meryl Streep and Jennifer Lawrence and all sorts of great actors and top tier talent. And uh, it's, it's about a group of scientists who are trying to convince the world this deadly meteor is coming that's going to hit the planet. And the world does as it does and is pretty skeptical and divided. And well, I don't know, science. <laughs> it sounds like a film for late 2021, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect film for that time period. So I will have that for you next week. Courtney Lanning's full review of Encounter is in Friday's Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Courtney is with us almost every week to talk about new films. We'll do so again next week. Courtney, enjoy the rest of your post-Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Kyle. You too. Time now for the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report. I'm Paul Gatling. On today's program, we will hear from Olivia Walton, who was appointed recently to replace Alice Walton as the new board chair of Crystal Bridges Museum of American Art. In a recent interview with Roby Brock, Walton is just full of hints of what's to come for the Bentonville Museum and for the arts in Northwest Arkansas. Plus, Black Friday and Cyber Monday online sales were weaker than expected and a C-suite shakeup for Walmart. We've got all of those stories on the way after the break on today's Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report. Support for the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report is provided by the Arkansas State Chamber of Commerce and Associated Industries of Arkansas. The Chamber's mission is to promote a pro-business, free enterprise agenda and prevent legislation, regulation, and rules that hinder business. ArkansasStateChamber.com Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield For more than 70 years, Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield has used its knowledge and compassion 
to create healthcare solutions for individuals and businesses. More information at ArkansasBlueCross.com. First Security is proud to be only in Arkansas. They offer smart solutions for personal and business banking, plus convenient services and community investment. First Security, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Olivia Walton was appointed a couple of weeks ago as the new board chair of Crystal Bridges Museum of American Art in Bentonville, taking over the role previously held by the founder, Alice Walton. Olivia Walton is a former technology reporter for Bloomberg and NBC, but her background in the arts stems from childhood through college to her adult work. In a recent interview with Roby Brock, Walton discusses why art has always appealed to her what it means to expand the traditional definition of art and the type of work she'll be doing in the new leadership role. I think that art has this incredible power to inspire creativity, to inspire new ways of seeing, to inspire new ways of thinking. Alice has this expression, she says, if you have access to art, you have access to imagination. And if you have imagination, you have hope. And I just think that's a beautiful sentiment. So I really think that art has the power to lift the spirit. And I think that museums are incredibly powerful. I mean, museums are able to educate. They are able to entertain. They are able to inspire. They are able to build community. Uh, So it's really an exciting thing. I actually was making a comparison to my husband, Tom, who, you know, you know, he's so crazy about mountain biking and living outdoors, which I love too, but He describes himself as having this feeling of being in nature makes him feel really small. There's this shrinking of self. And honestly, for me, being in an amazing museum, it has a similar feeling. You know, your sense of self just kind of shrinks as you admire hundreds of years of creativity and civilization um, and culture. It's just just kind of exciting. So uh, I'm a big believer. And also I would just say, I, yes, I came into this uh, as the daughter of an art dealer, as a art history minor, as a lifelong art lover, but I actually love and am inspired by Alice's take on art because Alice really believes in having kind of, of expanding the definition of art. And as she would say, of not letting sort of an elite group of art critics on the coast tell us what is great art and what we should think about it. I want to explore that theme a little bit. I have that in my notes here. You you said in your statement when um, when the press release came out that you were going to be taken over as the the board chair that we should expand our definition of art. What does that mean? Where what do you where do you think that's going to take us? Um, on the one hand, expanding the definition of art means expanding more and more into art as culture. It means expand. It means performing arts. It means music. It could be culinary. In the Crystal Bridges physical expansion, expanding our definition of art goes alongside these two big commitments. We announced a commitment to craft and a commitment to indigenous art. So um, craft typically is what I call has been the medium of the marginalized, right? And for a long time, the only people who had access to art school and oil paints tended to be wealthy, white, and overwhelmingly male. And so if you look at craft and you look at the rift, the rich history of craft in this region. I mean, so often that was the artistic creative outlet for those who just didn't have access to those things. So it's really exciting to um, bring that into the museum, to put it on a pedestal, to shine a light and to tell those stories. 
you wanted to run the muse, uh, Metropolitan Museum of Art, you said in one interview. Uh, Crystal Bridges may be a better gig, true or false? True. Oh, very much true. Um, although I do still love the Metropolitan and was actually uh, lucky to be there last week. No, true. Uh, if for nothing else, I mean, for so many reasons. But I just love how progressively Alice and all the staff think about reaching people in their mission to expand access. And so at Crystal Bridges, you know, we are art, architecture, and nature. We are able to reach hundreds of thousands more people outdoors, you know, with the sculpture on the North Forest Trails and all that stuff. Um, so I think, I think it's more compelling uh, offer. What does it take to run an art museum? What's the skill set? What's the vision? Kind of what do you expect to bring to the table that not that Alice hasn't laid a great foundation over the last 10 years, but I think that your expectation is going to be to elevate what she started. Yeah, Alice has laid an incredible foundation. She's been a very generous mentor to me over the past few years. The staff is outstanding. Rod Bigelow, our director, is terrific, and he has a really strong executive staff. Um, so they're making this pretty easy for me. I would like to be helpful with bringing in new ideas and partnerships. Those are things that are easier for me, perhaps, to make happen as I'm out there traveling through the world and I've lived in different places, as you noted. So, um, you know, there's a not to give you too much of a sneak peek, but, you know, I, I, I've seen creative arts and crafts retail that we can, you know, bring into the store, or I see new concerts that I think, oh, we could do something like that at Crystal Bridges. So I think um, I would like to be a bridge and cheerleader for Crystal Bridges to other organizations and institutions across the country. Walton also explained how it came to be that a first edition copy of the U.S. Constitution that sold at a Sotheby's auction last month for a record $43.2 million will be on display late next year at Crystal Bridges. So I just happened to be at Sotheby's in New York City last week with a group of Crystal Bridges supporters who we take on these great trips from time to time. And Rod Bigelow, our director, sort of said, gosh, wouldn't it be great if the winner just lent it to Crystal Bridges so we could display it? And I happened to know Brooke, who had the winning bidder on the phone, who works at Sotheby's, and I said, Brooke, you should just say to whoever won it, you know, we can put it on display tomorrow. And she said, okay, I'll tell him. So she told him and he said, yes, we don't have a relationship with Ken Griffin. And we're just so uh, grateful and excited that the U.S. Constitution is coming to Bentonville, Arkansas. That is new Crystal Bridges Museum Board Chair Olivia Walton. And you can watch that entire interview with Roby Brock on our sister website at talkbusiness.net. And for more with Olivia Walton, be sure and check out our cover story in the next issue of the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal. That'll be on newsstands and online next Monday. In other headlines this week, consumers did not live up to analysts' predictions of spending on Black Friday and Cyber Monday, two of the biggest shopping days of the year. Adobe Analytics reports that consumers spent $10.7 billion dollars making online purchases on those two days, down 1.4% from a year ago. It was the first time since 2012 that sales decreased from the prior year. Longtime CFO Brett Biggs is leaving Walmart after 22 years with the company to pursue new opportunities. Biggs will officially leave the company on January 31, 2023. Until then, he will remain the CFO as the company finds a successor and support that transition for the remainder of his time. 
and real estate firm Lindsay and Associates will soon open a third office location in Bentonville. The nearly 50-year-old company has a Benton County office now in Rogers, along with its headquarters in Fayetteville. You can find all of those stories and more at nwabusinessjournal.com, where you can follow our reporting each and every day. I'm Paul Gatling, and that's the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report. Until next time, thanks for listening. This is 91.3 KUAF, Fayetteville, Fort Smith, Bentonville, and Bethel Heights. KUAF is a listener-supported service of the School of Journalism and Strategic Media at the University of Arkansas. Timothy Dennis produced today's show inside the Harold and Blanchcock News Studio. Contributors today included Daniel Carruth, Leah Uribe, Paul Gatling, and Courtney Lanning. Daniel Carruth, by the way, produces his stories in the Karen Taha News Studio. Sound Perimeter is produced by Timothy Dennis and now is also available as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts. The Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report, produced by Stephanie Brock. Our theme is written and performed by Daryl Shaw, and it's titled The First Hurrah. KUAF's Community Engagement Director is Jasper Logan. We will be back with you with an all-new Friday edition of Ozarks at Large tomorrow at noon and 7 on KUAF. From the Carver Center for Public Radio, I'm Kyle Kellums. Thanks so much for being with us.